Welcome to Pop Psych 101, where we, licensed therapist Ryan Engelstad and licensed psychologist Dr. Haley Roberts, break down and analyze how mental health is represented in movies, shows, books, and across the pop culture and social media landscape. We will determine what lines up with real life and what is just pop culture fantasy. This is Pop Psych 101. Welcome back to Pop Psych 101. I am just Ryan. Ryan Engelstad, Larson's therapist, here as always with my co-host. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Haley Roberts. How a, are you? <laughs> I was trying to think of a Rhinuff, <laughs> like a Kenuff. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> There, well, we're going to hit tons of references like that. This is going to be a really fun episode. If it hasn't already been clear, today we are talking about Barbie. And we're just kind of assuming that everyone's already seen it because it's crossed a billion dollars. It's not out on streaming yet, but it's probably going to be in theaters for a little while. Um, if it's still in theaters when this episode comes out, go see it. If not, it should be on streaming services soon. Um, so, Haley, before we get into the episode and talk about Barbie, you know, obviously this movie was very nostalgic for a lot of people and mm-hmm. thinking about their own childhoods, in particular the toys they grew up with and the toys they play with as a child. Um, we have the sort of mother and daughter in the real world characters to mm-hmm. kind of experience Barbie's journey um, through our the audience's eyes in a lot of ways. So I was wondering for you, did this bring you back to your own, any, any of your own childhood toy experiences? Yeah. So I was definitely more of like a, I had certain stuffed animals that were like my like core or core toys, but I definitely went through a Barbie phase and it wasn't very long and it wasn't as intense as most girls, but I definitely went through a Barbie phase and all I ever wanted was a Barbie kitchen. That's all Mm, I ever wanted. Who knows why, but I did. (laughs) But I also thought of these two Barbies that I had. One was a Barbie with a mermaid tail, and when you put it in water, the the tail changed colors. Sure. <laughs> and then there was one where you could like cut the Barbie's hair, but then you could like replace like there was like Velcro hair. Oh, pieces. interesting. Okay. But I never wanted to buy the new like hair pe- the replacement hair pieces, so I never cut the hair because I was like intimately aware that if I cut it, it wouldn't grow back. And I was like, I don't want to ruin my Barbie. Um, (laughs) So I kind of loved the weird Barbie character because I was like, I was always somebody who wanted to keep my Barbies really pristine. So yeah, I definitely went through a slight Barbie phase. I didn't have any of the Ken toys. I think I had like poor Ken three three bar. I know (laughs) I had like three Barbies and a skipper. I think. Sure. Sure. I can't even really remember because it was so short lived, but Hmm. Yeah. But then I was, yeah, I was very much like a play outside in the dirt kind of gal. Sure. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So when I think back on toys, for some reason, like, oh, you know what toy I had that I loved so much? Um, I had a Polly Pocket. But before they became the like three inch high ones. I had one of the ones where they were like three centimeters. Like actually tiny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, And the one that I had, it was like a fairy tale book was like the case. And then you opened it up and it was under the top half was above the ocean. And then the bottom half was below the ocean. And there was like shells and mermaids (laughs) and crabs. And um, 
I used to take, cause we also would travel a lot and I would take right. that everywhere with me because that's an easy toy to like, it's a whole scene in a, such a small space. Oh, and then I also had the, um, sky dancers. Do you remember mm-hmm. those? It had like oh a, yeah, like you spin them up and let them yeah, go. Kind of uh-huh. thing? So yeah, so you like hold there's there's a a fairy basically in this structure, and then you pull it, and it spins out, and the fairy like flies. So I think those were kind of like my main my main toys that I can okay. remember. Yeah, so kind of a, a Barbie Barbie girl, and then obviously I loved that song by Aqua. <laughs> how about you do you have a toy were you a well, gi joe guy first, i was gonna say yeah. you know are you excited then that this barbie movie trend is gonna lead to a poly pocket movie in two or three years um i would love to see what they do with that yeah. but if it's like the three inch high poly pockets i'm like is that really a toy that can fit in your pocket like the whole point of these things is that they could fit in your pockets <laughs> yeah there was a quote recently that I read that said um, people keep talking about how this movie is going to lead to more movies about toys. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it should lead to more movies about women. And I was like, hell yeah. Um, yeah. But also I think toy movies are fun. I've always thought toy movies are fun. Well, yeah. So I think we're going to talk about that as we talk about this movie from the broad perspective, because I do think it is such a cultural moment um, beyond just being a movie, quote unquote, about a toy, to your point. So we'll definitely get into that. You asked about um, sort of what this was like for me, toy wise. And it's funny because I had sort of a mixed experience. I brought my daughter, who's uh, Mm -hmm. seven and going to be eight in a couple of weeks here. Um, So she got to watch it, and she is very much in a Barbie phase. She has a Barbie dream house. She's got a case, like a suitcase full of my my wife's Barbies that we've inherited over the years. Um, She's got a closet of clothes. Like, she's got an RV. Like, she has everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's really funny. It was really cool to watch her watch this movie. But then from my own experience, you know, I, you know, I didn't have a Ken or anything like that. I had two sisters who I don't even have like specific memories of them necessarily playing with Barbie. Um, but like you, I was definitely an outside kid. I was going, you know, playing sports and I was doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I did have toys um, and I guess like the boy version of Barbie was basically like Transformers or oh, Ninja yeah. Turtles, right? Uh-huh. Um, I definitely had those toys growing up. I loved Transformers. Obviously, it was a very simple thing of like, it's a car. Now it's a robot that fights. Uh-huh. But I loved those enough to the point that when the movies started coming out, I did drag my wife to go see the first Transformers movie uh-huh. and probably had like a very similar experience. It wasn't like as touching and thought provoking. It was um, obviously just like, no, these are robots are going to fight each other. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but for me, it was like, oh, that's and that's that robot. So it's just funny um, in that sort of like full circle moment. And yeah you know, that this is where things might be heading and just like more mm-hmm. toy movies. But I I do hope that if it's just going to be toy movies, that they're more like Margot Robbie directed by Ger- Greta Gerwig uh-huh. toy movies and less, you know, I mean, the Transformers movies were fine, but, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously there's a big difference there. <laughs> well, I, it's also like there's some movies where they're meant to tell a story or like get yes. send a message. And then there's ones that are just supposed to smash, crash, boom. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> they, they both have they both have their roles to play. Yes. They do. Yeah. 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 So uh, fun little trip down memory lane. So let's uh, take a quick break here and a note from our sponsors or from ourselves. And <laughs> we will come back with Barbie. Pop Psych 101 discusses mental health as it is portrayed in pop culture media. And because of this, we often cover sensitive topics that can be triggering for some listeners. We also delve into the characters and plots of these stories, and therefore, spoilers abound. So please, use your discretion as you listen to the rest of the episode. Barbie is a 2023 movie that just came out in theaters. It's not streaming anywhere yet as of this recording. Um, It is about Barbie and Ken. Barbie played by Margot Robbie and Ken played by Ryan Gosling featuring an incredible cast, including the likes of Kate McKinnon, um, Simu Liu, um, Emma Mackey. Um, The list goes on and on. Um, America Ferreira plays uh, a mom... In the real world, Issa Rae is President Barbie. I, I don't have enough time to go through all the incredibly incredible actors and actresses in this yeah. movie. Um, but suffice it to say, it is directed by Greta Gerwig. And it is centered around Barbie and Ken, who are having the time of their lives in the colorful and seemingly perfect world of Barbie land. However, when they get their chance to go to the real world, they soon discover the joys and perils of living among humans. So, Haley, that is a very oversimplified version of what is a surprisingly deep movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I was not the only one who was brought to tears in watching this movie that was, quote unquote, just about a toy. So in some of the articles that reference how this kind of movie plays out, it talks about uh, an existential crisis that Barbie and Ken go through Mm -hmm. as a result of. I mean, the sort of initial launching of the plot is basically um, Margot Robbie's Barbie, as she refers to herself as stereotypical Barbie, Uh um, is starting to experience this existential crisis because of America Ferrer's character who works for Mattel and is just sort Uh of like drawing Barbie's like depression Barbie and cellulite Uh Barbie. And it's like (laughs) something's going on in the real world that's affecting you is what weird Barbie Kate McKinnon um, tells we'll just call her Barbie Um, and off they go into solving this crisis and figuring out um, what's happening in the real world that is causing this Barbie's existential Mm -hmm. crisis. So Haley, when you hear this movie and this character be referred to as, as being in an existential crisis, does that feel accurate to you? And, and as you and I are therapists, what is an existential crisis? Totally. Yeah. I think it goes from, existential wondering to existential crisis. (laughs) Very good. Yeah. And basically an existential experience or an existential wondering or an existential crisis is basically boils down to um, feelings and questions about what is my purpose? What is the meaning of the world? Why are we here? What should I be doing? What should you Mm. be doing it? Is this normal? Um, Basically like who am I? Why am I both individually and within the grander scheme of the world? Right? So the first word is basically exist. 
and like what is the point of existence basically whether that's mine or or the world's and basically before america ferrera's character is drawing those things barbie land is just full of like joy and happy and comfort and like there's no questions about anything because everything's the same every single day in the same way every single day and so there's no space for thoughts and wonderings and questions um and then you know on the dance floor she's like does anybody ever feel like dying or think about dying yeah and suddenly if you start thinking about death, that means you're going to be thinking about, well, what's the point of life? Mm -hmm. Um, And that starts her existential crisis. And then when she does that, she changes the pattern up in Barbie land. And then Ken starts to wonder about what he means to Barbie and what his role is. And he ends up in the real world and his questions are, is this what existence is? Is this what existence can be like? What would it be like if my life was this way? And so then that also becomes his existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like the way you described that, it, that infrequently it can just kind of start about a question, right? And I think when, when you and I are seeing people who might be describing themselves as having an existential crisis, sometimes it's triggered by things like a loss, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, someone passing away, um, you know, loss of a job, a loss of a relationship where all of a sudden things that were once stable are now thrown into question, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, if my future is not with that person, um, or if my future is not in that job, what is my future? What am I supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing? I think is a really good framework because, can you I see, just pause but, you for one second? Yeah, oh, please. Yeah, cool. We often frame existential crises as like the, after the ends of something, but also sometimes it's after the start of something. So 100%. like, what is life with this person? Mm-hmm. What is life in this job? Right. So those can also be triggers for existential questioning, because sometimes we think like, oh, I got the job and that answers the question. Sometimes that causes the question, right? Like, like, is this the rest of my life? Yeah. Or I just got married. Am I just supposed to go have kids now? Is Uh like my future is supposed to start now, quote unquote? That's uh that's all the rest this is going to be. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Mm Yeah, so great point that it's this um, sort of being thrown off axis in one way, shape, or form, and then that sort of triggering this self-reflection maybe that wasn't necessary before, right? Because things were just sort of normal. Every day was the best day ever. You were having parties and talking to your friends, and everything was as it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Makes you think of the Lego movie. Yes. Everything is awesome. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, there are definitely some parallels there because, Uh you know, we see um, Barbie kind of have this typical for her normal day. And then once she has this question, do you guys ever think about dying? The next day is very different. And it reminded me of the type of day, you know, that, you know, someone who's in therapy might talk about having like, quote unquote, woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And it's like, well, what does that look like? Well, you know, my I burnt my toast and um, I tripped coming down the stairs and, Mm -hmm. you know, and all these sorts of things. And um, the meaning that we take away from those sorts of experiences 
can kind of amplify the nervous thoughts or feelings that are already coming up because of random questions about the future and things like uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. And our brains don't like gaps of information. Mm, yep. And the thing about existential questions is 99.9% .9 of them don't actually have answers. And so that's going to cause stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and now stress, we use it as a bad thing, but it's, it's not a bad thing. It just means your body is in a heightened state. And so like once you have higher stress, you have higher cortisol. When you have higher cortisol, you're more likely to misstep and stub your toe or um, burn your toast or whatever because your body goes into more of a survival or like fight flight kind of phase. And so something like the toast is like just low on the scale when you're trying not to get eaten by a bear that's not there. Right. Yeah. 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 So as Barbie is acknowledging uh, and the quote is um, some things have been happening that might be related. Cold shower falling off my roof and my heels are on the ground. Um, so it's like this. These are her examples of things that are off, basically. Uh -huh. Right. Um, and she eventually is is suggested that she should go talk to Weird Barbie because Weird Barbie knows things about the world. Haley, <laughs> he's seen some stuff. She's seen some stuff. And I don't know if you saw this, but they have created real uh, a real weird Barbie. I'm so upset about it. Oh, interesting. Say mm -hmm. more. So she's my favorite character, obviously. Okay. Not sure. only because Kate McKinnon is the best. Yes. But because the whole point of weird Barbie is like, it's a standard Barbie that has been played with too hard right yes. and so what i really liked about her was she represented all the barbies that weren't as they came because mm. they had just been quote-unquote played with too hard this is a great point but now she comes like that and it's like okay well she's not weird barbie that's just how she arrives <laughs> uh, right now she's weird barbie from the movie as opposed to you being able to her representing to. yeah yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. um so i like she was supposed to represent all the Barbies that weren't kept pristine, you know, that weren't played yeah. by Haley Roberts. Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, is like obviously one of the best, if not the best character in the movie. So like yes. also totally deserves her own Barbie. And I would for sure buy one for <laughs> my daughter. But also I, when I saw that, I was like, no, she's supposed to represent something and you ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, it, it's I don't want to sort of jump to like therapist patient dynamic, but it was really interesting having weird Barbie sort of be this guru, be this person that's telling uh, Barbie, stereotypical Barbie, a, a little bit about the world and giving mm -hmm. her these choices. Right. Um, she says that for you sure was a therapy like metaphor. Well, right. Okay, yeah. so that's that's what I was curious for for you watching this, right? Because yeah. um, it's sort of this thing that does happen in therapy sometimes, which is like this work that we're going to do is going to open your eyes a little bit, whether it's to the world around you or mm -hmm. your response to the world around you. And that is information that can't be put back in the box, right? Whether that's mm -hmm. information that you kind of come to on your own or insight that you develop within our conversations. 
Um, and you can't really just go back to your life and hope your heels rise up off the floor again. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and you also get to, you can't unhear something that you've heard. So like, I will often say to like therapists in training that I'm supervising, I'll be like, sometimes you as the therapist have to take the risk of saying the thing that your patient might not want to hear yep. and then being like, nope, I'm out which sucks as a therapist. Like it sucks to have someone be like, you pushed me too hard. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, however, they can't unhear it. And I will often say that to them as like, if it's something that like, obviously don't push someone too much too soon, but if you've been doing therapy with them and you're like, this is something they need to hear. They can handle um, yeah. Sometimes you got to take the risk of them being like, I think I'm going to stop therapy mm-hmm. um, because they can't unhear the thing that you've said. Yeah. But I think a really good representation of what you're saying is the, the Birkenstock versus the heel choice. And basically she's like, you've learned all this stuff. You've heard all of this stuff. You now get to make a choice. Like, do you want to put the heel back on and just go back to the way that you've always done things, knowing what you know, but you can choose to like, say like, I know this and like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to have to deal with this. And like, because it's a movie, obviously that yeah. is, is quote unquote, not a good choice. Yeah. But we also have narratives in our world about that being the quote unquote wrong choice. And I often say to my patients, like, you're allowed to choose the easy thing. Like you don't always have to be challenging yourself and growing. And like, I think a general emphasis on growth is important, but like you don't have to be growing every moment of every day. And like, you may be like, you know what? I don't need to go any higher in my professional career. Like Mm. I'm good. And that is an equally meaningful choice as the Birkenstock, which is like, you've learned something new, you are curious about what it means and you have the opportunity to go seek it out, explore it, try something new, see what it does for you in your world. Um, In the case of the movie and in the case of the character Barbie, she's seeing weird Barbie. She's quote unquote in therapy because she wants to make those changes because she wants to find out what's happening because she wants to explore. And so for her, the valued choice is, the Birkenstock or the mm-hmm. like moving forward and exploring the world. Yes. Yeah. So she, despite not being adventure Barbie sort of accepts this other path as mm-hmm. she's gently encouraged by weird Barbie to, you know, go out and, you know, know the truth about the universe is how mm-hmm. weird Barbie puts it. Mm-hmm. That was the moment that I felt the most connected to Margot Robbie's Barbie mm-hmm. was, I was like, sometimes I'm not Adventure Barbie either, but mm, yes. I can still do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't come in the Adventure Barbie box, but I can adventure. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's that's really empowering, and I think ultimately that's what um, you know Barbie, Margot Robbie's Barbie, does is you know you can't I can't unknow this. You know I'm mm-hmm. still gonna wake up tomorrow with that same. Do you guys ever think about dying? Feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know she's in some ways forced, but is also, I think, takes ownership of, okay, I'm going to go figure this out. Yeah. She's motivated by curiosity. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is a healthy motivator, I would say, most of the time, right? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Barbie. Well, actually, yeah, sorry to yeah. interrupt, no, but go, that's yeah. something that I've actually has come up in a lot of my sessions recently is that, mm-hmm. like, in my um, approach, we talk about like fear based choices and valued based choices. And we almost talk about them as though they are opposing forces. And I've said to people, like, well, what if a fear is the thing that motivates a valued choice. Mm. So for example, you don't really like your job, you're wanting to change jobs, but you like are exhausted and tired and can't really get yourself to like apply to new jobs. Then suddenly it turns out that your company is going to be making layoffs soon and you're like, I might be one of the people they lay off. And now suddenly you are doing your resume, applying for jobs. It's not bad that you're doing that. That's what you've wanted to do for a while. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that like you experienced fear and you experienced anxiety and that anxiety allowed or made it easier to motivate your valued behavior. So I'm like, great. Like who cares if you're afraid and that's why you're doing it? If what you're doing is valued, it doesn't matter what's motivating it. Yeah. 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 So they, they follow that curiosity and they, I say they, cause it's both of them. Initially, Barbie thinks it's just going to be her and Ken does what Ken does, which is tag along. Um, you know, as he asks Barbie, Stick his what... nose where it doesn't belong is what yeah. he does. Ryan. No, no, 100%. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to ru- try really hard not to defend Ken. Um, <laughs> but I think what I think is interesting is the sort of you know, how Ken gets exposed to the quote unquote real world and how Mm -hmm. he then adapts, unfortunately, or reacts to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But he says to Barbie, you know, what if there's beach, which is the one (laughs) sort of quote that's stuck in my family is like, oh, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing beach Um, or I'm doing therapy or I'm doing lawyer Mm -hmm. um, or as my daughter would say, I'm I'm doing field hockey. I'm doing (laughs) cheer. (laughs) So, you know, so that's what Ken does is he also wants to get out of Barbie land and kind of figure out what his role is. Who Mm -hmm. is Ken? Um, And initially it's who is Ken to Barbie, right? That's initially where it starts. And I think that's important. Oh, it's yeah. It's very explicitly laid out that Ken only has a good day if he gets attention from Barbie. And the reason why, and I mean, this will probably come up later, but in movies up until recently, women characters have been defined by who are they in relation to insert man here. Yes. Um, And so it is important that this isn't Ken's identity exploration. This is like Ken being like, who am I in relation to Barbie? Mm -hmm. And then when that doesn't turn out, that's when he is like, you mean I can stand alone without Barbie and yeah. take over the world and make a dojo? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's that's the sort of initial exposure that they both experience is, you know, they both experience the patriarchy pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they get their fantastic uh, rollerblading outfits and then all of a sudden they're getting... Un, very unwelcome attention mm-hmm. um, and then progressively for Ken attention that he really starts to like you know mm-hmm. people are genuinely interested in him asking him what time it is all these sorts of things that 
uh, he's not used to. Mm-hmm. Little did that mom know what she was setting off yes. by asking for the time. <laughs> yes. Um, meanwhile, Barbie is trying to figure out, you know, her existential question, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why are things changing for her? She initially thinks that uh, Sasha is basically her mm-hmm. owner, the the mm-hmm. sort of younger girl, um, and comes to find out that Sasha actually has some pretty negative views about her as mm-hmm. Barbie, you know, even mm-hmm. that once the sort of acceptance that Barbie's in the real world wears off, it's like, oh, no, you're actually really problematic is Sasha's mm-hmm. feeling about this character. That's mm-hmm. what, who she, what she is to her. This is a character. She's a doll. She's a toy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fascinating to watch Barbie sit with that perception, right? And we can mm-hmm. talk about some of the other um sort of experiences that Barbie has, you know, specifically the patriarchy and, and being assaulted and, um, you know, making uh, assumptions based on her life. Oh, well, that's that must be the Supreme Court. And it's just like the um, <laughs> it's the like beauty pageant sort of oh, lineup. Or, oh, was it? Yeah, was, yeah, or sure. I thought it was like yeah. a morning show. <laughs> but or, yeah, or, yeah. yeah I think it was like Miss America. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, that must be the Supreme Court. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we that's get so this sad. this reality check for both of them. I was I was wondering um, as you saw Barbie start to reckon with you know, how she's perceived, particularly by Shastra, but also by mm-hmm. some by other people in the real world. Um, what did what jumped out to you about her sort mm-hmm. of emotional experience? Yeah, well, unintentionally, what stuck out to me and what my thoughts were are also a theme that you and I mm. talked about before yep. um, the the we started why do i always want to say the session before our session ryan yeah. uh, what do oh, i say all day what are, what are the words that i use all day um the concept of something that starts well-intentioned and was well-intentioned and is well-intentioned and then as it creates a space for those intentions we grow and those intentions no longer serve. And I know that was like very um, broad. So let me, let me describe. Yeah, so, yeah, please. so when Barbie was created there, my understanding was there weren't many toys that were like, there were like, like it starts in the beginning, like there were baby dolls, right? There were toys that were like, you can pretend to be a, mother to this baby that was kind of like the female toy Mm -hmm. however barbie was created with like no you can actually pretend to be a doctor a scientist an astronaut a teacher a mother if you'd like a sister a strong and then this is where the problems come in Mm -hmm. beautiful woman right yes so it started out with this idea of like Women can pretend and well, not pretend, but women can dream to be anything and thinking that like if we get women, girls pretending to be something they want to be, then they'll start to imagine what it's like to be that. Um, And we talk about this a lot in our world. It's why representation matters, right? Like if a girl can see a woman toy as a doctor, it's like, oh, Mm. I suppose a woman possibly could be a doctor, right? However, she was created in the 50s, which was 
the end of the 50s, but the 50s, which was a time where all women were starting to believe that they could be more than just housewives and mothers. Mm, yeah. However, the concept of being skinny and pretty and white and blonde wasn't being challenged yet, right? And so they they challenged the things that they were aware of challenging, right? Like women can mm-hmm. be anything. Yeah. But then girls like Sasha have grown up with like, of course women can be anything, partly because of changes like Barbie. 100%. Yep. Um, and then they've added their growth in other areas. Women can also be curvy and wear Birkenstocks and mm-hmm. be black and have dark hair. And, you know, like they there's the, the areas that we are challenging are becoming more complex. And so the original thing seems antiquated or dumb or problematic because it opened up this growth. And it's kind of like the quote that you shared earlier about the standing mothers stand still so they can see how far their daughters have walked or daughters can look back and see how far they've walked. But then also we talked about how, Ken and Barbie coming to this world, they have these ideas of what it's going to look like and how great Mm -hmm. it's going to be. And then they get there and they realize like, oh, what we intended or what we thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be about horses, oftentimes isn't what we want it to be or it gets carried away in in a direction that we don't want it to be or where the initial intention gets lost. Yeah. I yapped a lot. What'd you hear? (laughs) <laughs> well, I, no, I think um, so. What I heard was, you know, Barbie in particular experiences this sort of a reality check, especially mm-hmm. from Sasha, right? Where she has a perception of who she is and what she's supposed to represent to girls mm-hmm. um, and to women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the some of the Sasha quotes, I think, kind of emphasize this thing that you're talking about. Of yes, Barbie represented a certain type of progress. But there's also this sort of other thing that she's come to represent as well, um, which is, you know, Sasha at one point says, um, women hate women, men hate women. That's the one thing we can agree on. And it's like, oh, wow. So there's this like heaviness to being a woman that Sasha, I think, identifies with as Barbie being a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for Barbie to hear that and experience that is like, like, no, none of my experience specifically in Barbie land has like informed me of any of that. Yeah. I'm supposed to make women dream. Yes. Right. But it's yes. like, well, you, be, you started to represent less than that. Yeah. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, you represented a very specific and maybe even to a certain degree narrow, um, you know, version right. Um, skinny blonde big boobies (laughs) well right and and the real world is way more complicated than that and even just yeah right and then even just the different roles and jobs that you can have you know the world unfortunately is a lot heavier than just the job that you can do Um, and I think and that was a theme that I certainly was noticing as Barbie was sort of learning about herself and growing and desiring to become a human i was like oh my god please don't let this just be about barbie 
getting a job um, and they didn't and they resisted that which I was really grateful for because yeah. it was really about her being a woman, a woman. being human yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lean into that and I, I know we'll get to that here in a little bit but you know really where the movie kind of uh, turns takes a turn for a little bit is okay um, you know they go off on this sort of like weird slapsticky adventure through the halls of Mattel and, mm-hmm. you know, and Ken gets back to Barbie land to insert the patriarchy and Barbie tries to confront the people of the CEO of Mattel and all these things. And they try to put her back in her box. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, she escapes all of that and um, is able to get back with now Gloria and Sasha. Mm-hmm. And then we really see the weight of, you know, the real world that Barbie is experiencing right Mm -hmm. so they have this sort of mini commercial of depression barbie Uh because margot robbie's barbie is lying flat on the ground and is just feeling the weight of experiencing barbie land under the rule of patriarchy and feeling sort of helpless to do anything about of it um combined with what she's seen from sasha about Mm -hmm. you know the sort of impact or lack thereof that barbie has had on the real world Mm -hmm. um And, you know, the specific reference of, you know, Depression Barbie sits around all day and watches the BBC version of Pride and Prejudice, right? It was a a reference that a lot of people um, could relate to, (laughs) uh, unfortunately or fortunately. Um, And I thought that was really interesting because we see Barbie experience this, this weight and even them naming it as depression, I thought was really um, valuable. I was wondering, did that feel like a surface level version of depression or did, was there was there accuracy did you feel like in the sort of mini representation of that sort of adjustment maybe disorder also version that was a wordy question i'm gonna try again yeah. no that's okay okay um i i mean th- this is the point of of pop psych i think um it Yes, it was good, but it did too little and too much at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is so often our answer to, yeah. to that type of question. It was such a stereotypical example. It, you know, it was um, Bridget Jones sitting in her PJs eating ice cream and crying and yeah. that to a movie, right? Yeah. Um, as opposed to like a lot of times depression looks like getting up, going to work, coming home, making dinner going to sleep, doing it again Mm -hmm. or smiling and hanging out with your friends Yeah, and inside being really sad. Um, so yes, I think it, you know, naming it is great. Making normalizing it is great. Mm -hmm. Stereotypical Barbie, (laughs) you know, stereotypical depression Barbie. Yeah. I did just have a thought, which only occurred to me now as you were talking, but when Barbie sits next to that old woman and looks at her and goes, you're beautiful. And she says, I know, or, or I know it. Yes. Um, my reaction was, I mean, she's a little bit quote unquote too old. Um, but Barbie was created for an older generation to be able to see themselves in a new light. Mm-hmm. And this older woman, like, being like, hell yeah, I'm woman, hear me roar, is what Barbie's intention was originally. And so I don't know, or I doubt that that was intentional. I mean, Greta Gerwig can get a little bit metaphorical like that. Sure. 
but to me that like felt like in this moment, I was like, oh, that's actually really nice that this kind of who Barbie was originally fighting for. Yep. She did do something for those generations. We've just moved above and beyond that, I think. Well, and, and the woman who played uh, the, the older woman at the bus stop is a like Oscar winning costume designer. Um, so this was like someone that Greta Gerwig wanted to, I think, honor and recognize. So yeah. kind of to your point here, it's like the people that came before us, yeah. um, you know, having gotten us here where we are, even if here where we are is flawed and complex and problematic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that those people don't have value. And in fact, they probably be recognized even more so as a result. Totally. And yet, right, I think watching this sort of crisis moment that Barbie is experiencing, whether it's depression or whether it's just an adjustment to the, you know, experiencing the real world for the first time, um, it is a crisis, right? We can see this sort of sense of helplessness of all of her Barbie friends are now brainwashed to recall back to a word that was used before mm-hmm. and she has to figure out well how do i both save these people if i can um or you know the sort of more existential version how do i change how barbie is viewed in the real world um mm-hmm. how do i be anything more than stereotypical barbie yeah i'm not who i thought i was mm-hmm. so who does that make me yeah yeah and then there's this even this sort of meta moment of how she says I'm not beautiful or I don't feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then the narrator uh, says, you know, if you're going to try to make this point, um, you probably shouldn't use Margot Robbie as an example, which was a great, like, which is literally the thought I had the second before the narrator said that I was like, I was like, well, I mean, except the person saying it is literally stereotypical Barbie. (laughs) Yes. But I also think Margot Robbie is aware of that. You oh, know, like, absolutely. Yes. This is a very self aware movie. Yes. Yeah. And yes. like, there's some women who are like stereotypically, I don't like the, actually the phrase stereotypically beautiful, are like culturally stereotypically beautiful. Sure. Yeah. Who like are like, who? Me? You know? Yeah, Whereas yeah. like, false modesty. Yeah. You know, like, I think mm-hmm. like Margot Robbie's like, yeah, I know. I look like this. Thanks for noticing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think made that moment more powerful. So, but I mean, Greta Gerwig, she's just good at what she does. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, to kind of pause on that note and acknowledge, you know, what this movie is doing, right? Because I think it would have been very easy to let this movie just be a Barbie movie. I mean, as a, as a parent of a seven-year-old, I've seen lots of cartoon Barbie movies. Mm-hmm. They're pretty devoid of character development and emotional awareness. And, you yeah. know, it's basically like, you know, who Let's stole the, the jewel? <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> um, let's solve the mystery of the stolen jewel. Um, I mean, that's still kind of impressive. It, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, to have this movie be as emotionally deep as it was and have these characters go through this arc in the way that they did, I thought was incredible. Now, I don't expect, as you acknowledged, that we're going to get 40 toy movies with this level of emotional self-awareness. Um, but I hope that with the success of this one, as you pointed out, it's not just about a movie about toys, but a movie about mm-hmm. women. And we hope mm-hmm. that that's the takeaway. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
and about women, but also about, you know, existential crises and depression mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. these things that are so human and mm-hmm. so uh, relatable that people were watching this movie about a toy going to the human world and seeing themselves in her. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Actually, a moment where depression was really well identified is not in Barbie at all, but in Gloria. Yes. Because she has a great, supportive, wonderful husband who she seems to have a good relationship with. Yep. She has an okay relationship with her daughter, which is like fair for having a teenage daughter. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. And she has what seems like a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet she's still missing something, right? Or, mm. or I, I don't even like that. She's still feeling these things, yep. right? Yep. And I think that's a really lovely representation of depression because it's yeah. like there we have these ideas of like, oh, if you are depressed, there's something wrong or you're broken. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, when, when Barbie started having those feelings, someone was like, you're malfunctioning. And like, yeah. that's kind of how we talk about feelings. Um, I mean, broken. literally, yep. when somebody is sad, we ask them, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, um, rather than just like, oh, I'm noticing you're sad. What's up? Right. Yep. The um, sadness is a normal thing. The sadness yeah. is something that you can be experiencing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and something doesn't have to like sometimes nothing's wrong and we just oh my feel gosh, sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. My dopamine's acting weird today. Well, I'm watching Barbie and I'm just crying <laughs> like yeah. nothing's wrong. This movie's yeah. just hitting me. Yeah. yeah. What? That that felt achy but good is mm-hmm. what Barbie said about tears, you know? Yes. Like, sometimes yes. we just feel achy even mm-hmm. if something feels good or even if something doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was actually, I think, a really nice representation of depression. Yeah. And what we see is that collectively Barbie um, and Sasha and Gloria, you know, build each other up to get to the point of maybe we can do something about this. Um, And I'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the incredible monologue um, Gloria has and just acknowledging as she watches Barbie have this crisis, um, you know, I won't read the whole monologue, but the way she starts it off, I think is a good summary, which is that she says, you are so beautiful and so smart and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Um, and then from that point, she acknowledges all of these things that as women, um, what is expected of women, mm-hmm. but in many ways there are, are sort of completely unrealistic or unfair standards or expectations. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I, I have to imagine that as I read, a lot of people had a, a particular response to that speech. You know, did anything um, jump out to you as you kind of heard Gloria uh, kind of embracing that moment? Yeah, I kind of had an odd reaction to that monologue um, in that I like every part fully resonated, yeah. um, you know, like women are told that they're paid less because they don't ask for more money. But then if they ask about money, they're considered money grabby. Yep. Um, and there's, that's just one example of situations where women are told that they are at fault for their station, but then also are 
told that if they fight for it, they need to just stay in their box, right? Mm. Get back in your box, Barbie. Um, This can be said for any um, like minority group. Mm -hmm. Um, The, so, so the content I certainly resonated with, I, it felt a little too on the nose for me. Mm, Okay. Um, It almost felt like we have to explain to you word by word what this movie is about. Well, right. Almost like a speech that Greta Gerwig wrote. And it's like, how do I fit this into the movie? um, It surprised me that it was in a Greta Gerwig movie. And the reason why is I feel like she tends to be a little bit less obvious about like, I mean, I think it was obvious even without that speech Mm -hmm. the speech almost was like here's exactly what we mean by this movie and at first i was like oh come on like (laughs) we we get it you don't have to like spell it out for us but also again i mean i might be giving her too much credit but i think greta gerwig is very smart and very clever and i'm almost thinking that like i'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying this but but like she's like men need this spelled out to them oh sure so, like, at first I was like, oh, God, like, do we have to spell it out? And then I think the answer is kind of like, sometimes yes. Well, and they're spelling it out for Barbie, right? Because that's the that's part of it. Like, she says it's impossible mm-hmm. to be a woman. Mm-hmm. And and Gloria basically wants her to – is agreeing with her and is simultaneously, like, pointing out – like, yes, it's impossible because of all of these expectations, but mm-hmm. also sort of that's not where the story ends. And I think that's sort of what's the interesting transition out of that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and also, like, we can't ju- just because it's it is the way that it is and it's stupid and it sucks isn't a good enough reason to just be like, well, I'm just going to lie here for the rest of forever, which, like, mm-hmm. if that's what you choose, that's what you choose. Oh, sure. Right. But also, like, that's an empty life. And that can be a metaphor for anything. Like, just because something's hard, does that mean that's enough of a reason to just not do it at all? Sure. And sometimes the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, she's, like, explaining, like, to people who don't know what it's like to be a woman in the real world, this is what it's like to be a woman in the real world. Yeah. And what I also really liked about that speech is she does it with the frustration of a mother. You know, like – we as women tend to take it on and we get frustrated by it, but also it's simply just our, our reality. Like I've had so many conversations in my sessions. It's like, okay, so how are you going to ask for a raise, but in a way that it's going to not come across too pushy. Yeah. And then I explain like, not that you are too pushy, but you live in a world where that might be how it's perceived. Sure. Yeah. How, so we are used to it as women, and I think when you see it as this is how it, this is affecting my daughter, I think there's an added level of frustration because you can't carry that for your daughter. She has to carry it herself, and and that's frustrating, right? Because it's like, like I can deal with this BS, but like it's so stupid that she has to deal with it. And so I, I also like that, like, America Ferrara did it in a really, like, this is just reality, but it's, like, such a frustrating reality because it mm-hmm. really felt like a mom. 
Well, right. And in that sense, she's talking to Barbie, but she's also talking to her daughter, right? And I think Mm -hmm. her daughter who they have been disconnected, right? We sort of see these flashback scenes where they're not really connecting with one another or they're not really Mm -hmm. talking to one Mm -hmm. another. And for them to be able to share that frustration and acknowledge that this is something that they're both experiencing at different times and at the same Mm -hmm. times, I think is a great, as, as you kind of pointing out here, call out like even if it's not for barbie or for the audience Mm -hmm. even necessarily like there is something special about i think that sort of commonly held experience and it's like okay it's not just you it's not just me it's not just my daughter but this is all of us and um yeah when we own that this is our experience then maybe we find the energy to do something about it Mm -hmm. yeah but what can be done about it? That's also an existential question. hundred percent. And, you know, and, and in the small world of Barbie land, um, <laughs> they can make the Kens go to war with themselves and call out the cognitive dissonance that exists. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then from there they get distracted long enough that they're able to retake the Supreme court mm-hmm. and it all is tied up with a nice bow. But I think mm-hmm. what we're acknowledging is the sort of difference between, you know, if that speech was just to her daughter, you know, at the dinner table at night after school, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay. Well, what roll. can I do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what can I do about that? Me, a teenager going to high school every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that it's obviously much more complicated even than Barbie land can give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also just now got really sad (laughs) because I was thinking, you know, like, oh, the way that it was done was it's like they go and they change the laws and they change the structure and they change. And then I was like, oh, and then you get to 2022 and Roe v. Wade gets overturned and all that movement that women like Ruth Bader Ginsburg did to to change it just Okay, like yeah. you know, and and that's, um, I mean, scary and disheartening as well. But like that, yeah. I don't think I have more to say about it other than that. I was like, oh man, yeah. you fought, you did all the things, and you made all the progress, and then one day, it's a couple of dudes come in you. and take it back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I mean, I guess is kind of what Ken does in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I think is, and I think that's where you know I imagine I don't want to speak for anyone in this movie, but where there's hope in this, right, mm-hmm. is Barbie being able to experience all of the things that you're talking about and still deciding that she wants to be a human, right? Mm-hmm. Still deciding that she wants an ending for herself. Yeah. Um, because that's what she says. She said, I don't get an ending. Yeah. And I think when she's sort of having this weird multidimensional conversation mm-hmm. with the creator of Barbie, it's like, well, ideas never do. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I want to be more than an idea. Yeah. And one thing that I just want to say, because yeah. it feels important, even if I don't know, she chooses to be a woman. Yes. And I think that that, like, like, yes, it is. It is a human. But like, to me, I don't know. It's like something feels really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I also what I love about this movie is there was the, you know, men hate women and women hate women. And that's just one thing we have in common. And ultimately, what saves the day is that like, 
oh no, women don't hate women. Hmm. Um, and I do think that that is a, um, a transition that's happening more in our world is that like women are realizing that like female friendships are cool. Yeah. And there's you so, so less frequently hear the phrase like, oh, I'm not friends with women. It's too much drama. You like don't hear that anymore. And when you do hear it, a lot of people are like, I feel sad for you. Yeah. 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 So that, yeah, that felt really wonderful and powerful. I think only thing I don't love is that like, you know, when she like ends up going to the gynecologist, that's like the, you know, she's chosen to be a woman and um, some women don't need a gynecologist. So Great call. Yep. I think that's like the, it needed, it represented what it needed to represent because a Barbie doll does not have genitalia. Um, And so they were like, look, she has genitalia was what they were doing. She has, she has stereotypically female genitalia. Right. And that was wonderful. And and I love it, but I'm also like, Oh, it was a movie for women. And we still managed to exclude some women. (laughs) Um, But again, can't always do everything perfectly like we can only do our best we can create a barbie and hope that it teaches girls that they can do what they want to do no i definitely sat with that ending as well like i said before my fear was she's going to be like going to a you know a, a job interview headhunter or job interview yeah. yeah um and i think to your point here i was trying to figure out if there was a you know and, and i don't know maybe i could ask you i don't know if, if ideas mm-hmm. come up but it's like is there another commonly held female experience that might be more inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Fear. <laughs> sure. Oh, sure. But I, I, you know, I think you're sort of acknowledging that they were trying to just kind of put a little bow yeah. on this and a little wink yeah. and a little nod. Yeah. And like, I, I think you're correct. Like, I, I did. I can't come up with a better way of yeah, like tough. that, like meaningfully represents like she chose to be a woman, and also mm-hmm. like Barbie chose to be a woman. Like, yes. How do you put those two things together? I'm not entirely sure. Sure. Um, but um, it's also still kind of like narrowed it down to like a woman is her genitalia, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Which even if it was like a joke, it's still it's yeah. Still and like how again, they, yeah. it's like it's appropriate for the doll, right? Yeah. Because like mm-hmm. the doll doesn't. Well, That's, almost funnily enough, like yeah. the doll is more representative of like genitalia doesn't make a woman, true. right? So yeah. so oh, actually, yeah, maybe true. Barbie's more inclusive yeah. in that way. Like yeah, go yeah. go girl. Yeah. But yeah, I think that was like a. I understand it. I understand the choice. I think it was a meaningful choice and a smart choice for a Barbie doll becoming human. Yeah. A little disappointing in the exclusivity of it. Yeah. 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 So I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the sort of cultural impact here. I mean, I I don't, I'm sure you like, uh, like me read a lot of stories about, uh, men's difficulty and discomfort watching this movie and relationships Uh that ended over it. I'm, I'm fascinated by, (laughs) If your relationship ended over this movie, well, it, like it, yes. I don't, I there was a lot more going on. <laughs> yes, but I mean, and then this is sort of like also a way to kind of talk about Ken, which is, you know, I think, and and please correct me if I'm if I'm sort of speaking out of turn here, but like women were able to watch this movie and see themselves represented in a way 
that was uh, broad and generous and 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 specific. And certain men are going to watch this and see the way Ken was represented and feel stereotyped and feel diminished and mm-hmm. feel pushed aside because that's what Ken is, right? And they now, are... How does it feel to be the second character in the movie? Right. Or exactly. the second character in yes. any story, right? Right. And not just that, but the... Not, he wasn't even a love interest. He was just Ken. Mm-hmm. And the song obviously is is hilarious, but it speaks to some of the... What I assume are if there were men who were uncomfortable or unable to watch this movie, mm-hmm. it's because they probably related to this more than they realized. Ken sings, I have feelings that I can't explain. They're driving me insane. All my life been so polite, but I'll sleep alone tonight. I mean, goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a throwaway comedy song, mm-hmm. but I think it taps into some very real stuff that men who are having a difficulty seeing themselves, you know, in absence of a relationship in absence of a person Uh who accepts and validates them in the way that they're wanting to be accepted. Right. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I don't know how to word this exactly, but like male rejection is a really dangerous thing for women. Uh, Um, Male, I'm going to change male feelings of rejection. Mm hmm it's a dangerous place for a lot of women to be. Yes. Um, And men's reaction to this movie exemplifies that. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. The fact that like Barbie didn't want Ken hurt your feelings so much that you disliked an entire movie and you broke up with your girlfriend. Check yourself a little bit. Like you're so disgusted by a man being, not wanted by a woman that it like ruined an entire movie for you. And like, I, I think that, you know, that's kind of oversimplifying it, but also like there have been mass shooters who, when asked what started, it was, I asked a girl out and she said, no. Right? Or she like, humiliated whole... me. And even if that's not what she did, like that's yeah. his experience. Well, and the humiliation is usually simply, yeah, saying no. Casual rejection, yeah. <laughs> right? It's not like pulling his pants down in front no, of the school of and, and making right. fun of him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm glad that he wasn't even a, um, that Ken wasn't even a romantic interest because mm-hmm. even then it would have made a woman's story about a man, mm-hmm. right? And yep. what I was just kind of thinking was I was like, is there a movie that I can think of where it's not about a man, like a, a woman's story who's not about a man, mm-hmm. where that woman is not fighting or at war? Oh, great. And I great couldn't, I was like, out. brave. Yeah. And I was like, nope, fighting. And then I was like, Hunger Games. I was like, oh, still about men. I was like, um, Divergent, kind of about a man, but also still just fighting. Yeah. Um, and so I was like trying to think, like, is there a movie out there that's like, you, you know, there's a lot of movies that are just like about men being men with other men. Are there movies about women being women with other women mm. without there having to be this like romantic interest or war? Yeah. 
I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Like leave comments on our, on our Instagram, but yeah. Which is yeah. like interesting. Like either a woman needs to be this man, like vicious, violent fighter, or she needs to be attached to a man. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only examples that were coming up in my head, I was like, you know, I was trying to think of like women led movies. And they're like historical examples, which is like, like, what's the movie Hidden Figures um, about the women in NASA, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And like, that's an example that came to my head, but it's still about the struggle, right? The Uh non-acknowledgement, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there's, you know, even in those historical examples, it's still about you know, not respected, not included, you know, yeah. all those sorts of same conflicts. Mm-hmm. And that one was a story about like. And specifically African-American like, women in that case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also yeah. like about, like you said, like the female struggle, right? Mm-hmm. So like, and historical, right? Like, yeah, again, right. are there it's, any fictional It's not even ones? fictional and fun. It's yeah. just, yeah, real like, life. When yeah. we imagine what women should be like, can we imagine them? not as a fighter or as a a person attached to a man. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that like, actually kind of what I liked about Gloria too, is that like, she was married to a man. um, And he was a part of her life and a lovely part of her life and a meaningful part of her life, but like not her point. Right. He was not the hero. He barely did anything. He was just there, not in a bad way. No, he just didn't. He wasn't the focal point. He didn't solve yeah. any of the problems. He's, He's not the reason for Duolingo. her. Yeah, yeah. exactly He's right. He's just playing yeah. Duolingo. Yeah. Um, and I actually really like that because mm-hmm. oftentimes in feminist narratives, particularly men, um, but some women are like, oh, this is anti-man. Right. And it's like, just because you're pro-woman doesn't mean you're anti-man. Yeah. And Gloria is a really good representation of that. Mm-hmm. Of like, she's not like, F men, they're no, useless. A- she's actually like, oh, should I tell your dad? And they're like, right. oh, no, it's, he'll be fine. Well, right. This is a very healthy, supportive relationship. Like, yeah. and it's just not about him. He's uh-huh. just yeah. not. And she a still part of wants it. war and that's more okay. for women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it sort of feels like he's the Alan, which again, mm-hmm. I think people had this perspective of Alan as like, oh, he must be gay. And like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. There can be this portrayal of men who it's not about them. Mm-hmm. They can be there. They can not be representative of anything else. Uh-huh. And they can be helpful and supportive. And mm-hmm. they can just be Alan, but that's not a problem for them, right? Yeah. And I think that I think Dad was a good representative of yeah. of an Alan of yeah. just like the story's not there. about me. Yeah, yeah I'm a part of there. it. I'm yeah. in it. Yeah, but it's not about me. Yep. Yeah. No, oh, poor Alan. <laughs> well, not poor Alan. I think you know Michael Sarah really wanted to be in this movie, um, and I think there's some some interesting stories about a lot of different actors and actresses for good reason, who wanted to be in this movie because mm-hmm. of Greta Gerwig and because yeah. of the story that was being told. And and Alan is a great character. But I say poor Alan because he just wants to escape Barbie land. Well, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and he's, you know, if anything, he has a little bit of a hero moment there where he's like fighting off the humans trying to come into Barbie land. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. So, you know, if you had a hard time 
watching the Barbie movie or if you refused to go because you weren't sure it was for you. Um, I will speak for myself. I went with my my father-in-law who had a great time. This was a uh, uh, incredibly, I want to say like refreshing, but also just like to your point that I think you've made throughout our episode today, like it's, it's kind of sad to acknowledge how unique of a movie this is. Uh-huh. But I'll just say as a man watching it, it was unique to me, but also, but not in a negative way. So fun. Yeah. So fun. Um, so well made. I, I can count on one hand, the number of times I've cried in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially I haven't been to the movie th- movies and, you know, regularly, certainly since yeah, COVID, uh-huh. but, but even just in general, like on one hand, it's like a handful of Pixar movies and then Barbie. <laughs> and I think that speaks to something, which is that, when we, I think, give amazing directors and amazing actors like real um, leeway and freedom to tell these amazing stories, like this is what we can end up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so yeah. fun. Yeah. You want to jump into reviews? I think we should. Yes. Haley, how accurate of a job did you feel like Barbie did in representing things like existential crises, depression, mm-hmm. Barbie, um, and then just in general, sort of like the human experience of some of these. Ex- mm-hmm. uh, You're not going to give me a scale? Oh, my gosh. I forgot. Okay, now I'm going to start the whole thing over again. <laughs> How long is... Okay, so Haley, um, I'm going to give you on a scale of one to five fantastic rollerblading outfits. <laughs> yeah. um, I miss rollerblading, by the way. I had rollerblades. I don't know if you did. It's it's nice to see that that's still something people can do. Yeah. Maybe not in those outfits. My friend but... had a roller skating yeah. party recently. It was fun. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say I missed it, but it was fun. I had a good time. So on a scale of one to five fabulous rollerblading outfits, how accurate did you find Barbie and its representation of various mental health issues? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give it a four. Um, initially my reaction was three and a half, but I bumped it up to four because I thought of like the female experience, particularly, um, ironically represented from two directions, the female experience as it is represented by how Ken and and the Ken's feel. Um, and then the female experience represented by like the, basically the whole movie and the speech that Gloria gives Mm -hmm. that's, a five, I think the existential crisis, I also think is pretty highly rated um, because so often we talk about it as though it's like, my life is over Mm -hmm. Um, when really sometimes it can be four days. This actually seems like it happened in one day, (laughs) Um, but like very few days of just like really going through it whatever it might be and questioning yourself and questioning the world. And, and I think that's more common of like the human experience and like existential existence is like, sometimes we have a few days where we're just gloomy and questioning and unsure. Yeah. And then we're kind of okay for a while. And then Mm. months later, a few days later, the next day, gloomy and questioning. And so I think that was also, and it wasn't like, to surface level, but it also wasn't like my life is over. So I think that that was pretty well represented the way that I represented. I spoke about like Gloria's depression being represented of like my husband's good. My daughter's mostly good. Work's good. 
I just kind of feel gloomy and sad. I think yeah. that was well represented. Totally. It is a satire. And so therefore, in and of itself, it has to not be fully truthful. Um, and I think that's where it loses a point is that it like has to be exaggerated or understated or manipulated or, you know, play doed around. Meta, so I think that, yeah. yeah. So like yeah. that's where it loses a point. But it's that's such an arbitrary point for me. Like I think in it, it, you can take it or leave it. And if mm-hmm. you want to give it a five, give it a five. If you want to give it a four, give it a four. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, thoughts? Nope, I couldn't agree more. I, okay. I think it's if they tried to be any more realistic, it would require them to pull even more out of the fantastical world that they uh-huh. created. And I yeah, think be less they, really, funny. they struck yeah. a really good balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a scale from one to five plastic cups with nothing in it, mm. um, or plastic cups with something in it. And Barbie saying, I'm not used to there being anything in there. Yes. Um, how entertaining did you find the movie Barbie? Okay, so I'm I'm not going to keep you in suspense. It's a five for me. Um, it's been a while since um, my whole family has been able to go to a movie and then have quotes and songs <laughs> and outfits and things that just stayed with us mm-hmm. for now weeks on end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so grateful to have that kind of shared experience. I really look forward to as my daughter continues to get older to having more of those sort of shared experiences. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often they're going to come. I, I hope that Greta Gerwig gets to do more stuff like this. Her next oh, project yeah. is Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe. I hope <laughs> there's more like fun human things. They're going to be in that. Um, oh my God, that's going to be so good. Yeah, we'll see. I hope so. Um, I that's trust a tough, her. I know that's a tough source material, though. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So it's a five. And especially, you know, we, we haven't acknowledged the sort of Barbenheimer of it all. Um, yeah. I did see Oppenheimer um, first <laughs> uh-huh. and then uh, saw Barbie a week later. And Barbie has stuck with me more than Oppenheimer was, which did, which I think tells you sort of how entertaining yeah. and just sort of like fulfilling this movie was awesome i love that i didn't see it with anybody i went by myself and i wonder if that's why i have slightly lower rating than you because the way that you describe it i can see like the jokes and the like if you step out of the movie and then like oh my god when this happened and then when this happened yeah yeah Yeah. i think it was great yeah so Haley. uh do you know the Rotten Tomatoes scores? Should we do a quick oh my gosh, quiz? Yes, what do you do think? It again. Yes, let's okay. do it. Okay, let's let's um, close this out here. Barbie, what were the uh, tomato meter and audience scores? So the tomato meter was ninety six, and the audience score was ninety nine. Okay, so I wait. Okay, hold on. There's okay. going to be some men <laughs> answering the Barbie. So, so ninety six. Yeah, so I am honestly worried about whatever review bombing may have affected this because I think oh, okay. I think your assumptions should be reflected in how accurate they are. Mm-hmm. I will just tell you from the website, it says um, the sort of critics reviews, uh, the tomato meter is 88% okay. and the audience score is 83%. Okay. Um, I don't think that's reflective 
of the sort of general consensus. Mm -hmm. I think there were unfortunately some issues with things like review bombing. And also like the general consensus, you and I are probably speaking to people who agree with us. Yeah, that's okay. So, you know, so 88 probably is actually the general consensus because there's a lot of people who are real mad about it. I I don't think I mentioned in the main episode, but there was some famous somebody who was like, if uh, there were movies that treated women the way the the Ken was treated in this movie, Mm -hmm. people would be up in arms. And it's like, dude, (laughs) have you seen a movie? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, like I think there truly are. 12% 12% of people who are real gruff about it. We all, we can let them be gruff and let them mm-hmm. have their feelings, just like we let Ken have his feelings and, and figure them out for themselves. So, yeah. um, so thank you all for um, indulging us on a movie that's not streaming yet. I hope that if you haven't by some chance already seen it um, and you've listened to this conversation that you will go see it again because it's that good and and we'd love to talk to you all more about this and other things that are yet to come. Um, if you want to hit us up on um, social media, X, we're technically still on. Oh, um, I know. Well, um, we are on threads. That's such a casa mojo dojo. <laughs> You're like, so right. I know. Yeah. I just, you know, we're, we're available anywhere social media exists. Um, we've even had uh, audio voice messages left for us on Spotify for podcasters, which frankly I loved. And uh-huh. if you are a person who has left us a message asking or requesting things from us, um, thank you. And also please check our archives because a lot of times people ask us to do things that we've done. Um, so feel free to look through our at this point, hundreds of episodes. Mm-hmm. So, um, so thank you all. As always, feel free to check in or request from us um, wherever you follow us. And thanks as always for listening. Bye, Ken. Bye. Bye, Barbie. <laughs>